I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. In episode 103 of the Food About Town podcast, Barry Fisher from Swan Market, located on Parcells Ave, came over to the studio to talk about his fantastic German-style meat market. It's a historic meat market. It's been around for a long time here in Rochester, one of the very few Eastern European places left in and around the city. Uh, we talked about you know how he got into working with meat, how he ended up taking over Swan Market. Uh, you know what they what they do over there. They do a variety of products, more than you'd think, and uh, how they distribute to a number of different places in and around the Rochester market. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. And um, if you do, please go check out Swan Market over on Parcells Ave, and reach out to me at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook. Thanks for listening. and it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And I brought somebody over who, one, I haven't talked to a ton, but somebody who I really respect and want to learn more about today. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Uh, my name is Barry Fisher. I own uh, Swan Meat Market. Swan Meat Market. Is that the official? Swan Market. Swan Market is the official name. Yeah. And uh, before we start, where where is Swan Market and when can people grab food from there? Um, Swan Market's at 231 Parcells Ave. It's right in the city. Um, our store hours are Wednesday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturday, 8 to 2. And we serve lunch from 11 to 2 all those days. Beautiful. And then the rest of the time, it's sort of a, just a market. Just a deli, yeah. Just I mean, ju- a, just, just, a, just, just a deli. Just, just a deli a counter, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what we're going to expand on that because it's not just a deli. I mean, it's uh, got a lot of history to it and one of the more traditional, you know, traditional meat purveyors here in Rochester, which I find absolutely fascinating. Um, and But for, for reference sake, before we dive into some of the more uh, technical and historical things, um, not that far off of Culver, though. I mean, this it's only, what, a mile off of Culver? No, not even a mile. Yeah. No, probably, I think it's about three or four blocks. Yeah. And, you know, I, the reason I say this, I one, I think the neighborhood you guys are in, uh, has a lot of you know classic feel, and sometimes when we say things are in the city, people get scared away for whatever reason. Um, people are coming to Swan Market one all the time. It's a busy place all the time, and it's a super comfortable place to go eat. That's yeah, that's what we go for. I mean, it isn't you know the the neighborhood you know in the day was a very European neighborhood, so there was a lot of small markets and whatnot. But um, <clears throat> the neighborhood declined a bit. Um, we were probably one of the only ones that really survived it. Well, we, we still have some of these, some of the classic, um, what we'd call the classic places in Rochester in different pockets in and around the city from the Italian 
trio over on J Street and Lyle mm-hmm. Ave near where I work, <clears throat> um, you know, to some of the uh, Eastern European places. Um, not that there's a lot left. There's not a lot of Eastern European, and I sort of consider German yeah, right no, on that I'm, edge of Eastern European. At at a time, there was quite a few in the in the <laughs> city. Uh, you had your you know your Zahners and your um, Hartmans and Schomburgers, but um, even Ralphs. Um, but we're like the last one standing right now. Yeah. One well, now I don't know if it still exists. Not to talk about your competition, but you brought it up. Um, Hartman's in the old Hartman's location, there was a guy that popped up and was doing sausages again. I yeah, you know, I heard that, but I really haven't heard much besides that was going on. So. Yeah, I only went in the once. It was on North Clinton, right in that Avenue D, Avenue A area. But how how recent though? Oh geez, might be almost a year ago yeah, now. See, I'm not really sure what's going on. I haven't heard much <laughs> about it. So yeah. Anyways, not we're not going to talk about everybody else right now. So. <laughs> Swan Market. I want to do a little bit of history because I know you know you guys are intermixed in the history of Swan Market. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you know when when did it start? When did Swan Market start? Well, the the the, uh, the building itself was built in, in the mid twenties um, by the Vetters. Um, not a hundred percent sure how long they had it. Um, the Vetters sold it to the Radels, and then um, the individual who I purchased it from, Gunther Schwan. He bought it in 1970, so it's, it's been Swan Market since 1970. And was it was it a market before? It then was as a well? ger- it was a German meat market right from the beginning. Yes. Oh, really? So all the way, it's always been that. Actually, I actually had uh, yeah, I actually had a um, the daughter of the of the man who built that store bring me all the all the paperwork of, of the specs on how the building was built. I have a I have a copy of his butcher certificate, and uh, so yeah, we you know. We have the history as far as that goes. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's. I mean, she was a hundred years old when she brought it to me. Really? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that. Isn't that that's fantastic to have that kind of connection all the way back to the original owners? Yep. Um, it's kind of unique for a lot of places here. Some of that history kind of gets lost, and you know, like I said, a lot of these, a lot of these places from, you know, the uh, Eastern European style markets to. Some of the old school Italian bakeries kind of all disappeared, and to have that linkage back, I find fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like I said, you know, you stay when you have it when you have something that people want, you stand the test of time. So yeah, so let's talk about what Swan Market is and what what kind of food you guys are doing. So there's a lot, obviously, a big German, big German it's, tie it's for most primarily of the stuff. German influenced. Yeah, I mean, we, you know. We we were mainly really a, a the meat market. You know, we make you know between thirty five and you know forty different kinds of sausages. You know, from blood sausage to three different liverwurst, head cheese, and then your you know your bolognese and and hams and all that. Um, well, let's, let's not let's not jump over some of that stuff because <laughs> one some of some of these products nobody else is making anymore here in town. Yeah, I, I don't know of anybody around that makes blood sausage anymore. Besides, yeah, besides us, and we do sell a pretty fair amount of it. Now that brings in a lot of, um, I would imagine, some older clientele the, for that product. You know, when I, when I first bought the business, probably seventy five, well, even more than seventy five percent of my customers were probably, you know, seventy plus. Really? So yeah, so we've, you know, main main reason that we had to introduce the lunches, we needed to draw. Um, more people into there and and now i would say you know our average age is you know 
God, probably in the 30s. So wasn't that great? I mean, that kind of transition. I mean, I imagine some of that came from the, you know, from the you know the internet push for authenticity for the places that people might not have known about before. I imagine it kind of got lost for a while. Yeah, I, I think that we probably really didn't even have that heavy of a um, a presence in the on the web, you know, except for maybe the, what last five to ten years. Yeah. So well, and that makes total sense. And actually, the the first time I heard about it, and I was a you know a burgeoning food nerd, uh, I was working at a uh, aerospace company, and a gentleman was there. He's an older German guy, and he's a drafter. And he brought me there for lunch. What was his name? Bodo Sooth. Oh, Bodo? Sure, yeah. I know Bodo. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's still around or still kicking. Bodo's but still around, yep. Still so, around. yeah, an old, older German guy. He brought me there for lunch. He brought a few of us there. I was, you know, a year or two out of college. And he brought me there. And uh, I grew up in Buffalo, so I'd been to, you know, some of the older Polish places around. Mm-hmm. And to see that here in Rochester, one, made me very happy. And two, being of German descent, being able to get that kind of food here in town was uh, very comforting. Good. <clears throat> we, we like to give comfort. Yeah. And um, I know the the older German clientele, at least at the time, they were they really came out for lunch. They, they You know, I, I think that the, the, the older clientele were more of the shoppers rather, okay. than, rather than the lunch people. Yeah. You know, I have, I have my standards that are there. You know, they're going to... I have one gentleman, Oscar Meyer, believe it or not. Oscar Meyer is his <laughs> of name. Of course it is. He is there every day for lunch, yep. um, weather permitting. Of course. Um, you know, he's 80 plus now. Um, you know, I have another, you know, Klaus Young, Friday, 1045, kind of like clockwork. So. Right, he's, he's ready for ready for his uh, for his lunch. And- but but as far as, you know, my customers, as far as um, my the sausages and whatnot, you know the older clientele; those are the, that's what they eat. Yeah. You know that's they come and do their weekly shopping with me. So yeah, well, the dedication and um, the reason I brought up things like blood sausage and head cheese is one; those those seem to be going away, but they're ones I'm fascinated with. And one of my the things I tell people about when I tell them, "Hey, you should go there," is don't just try the things you can get everywhere else. Try, I mean, if I. There was a vinegar head cheese that I one I absolutely mm-hmm. loved. That contrast of the rich and the sharp and the that texture. I think it's weird. That I think textures like that put people off sometimes. They have the gelatin, the gelatin texture, but uh, I don't get it. I, I I I find it fascinating. I absolutely love it. Yeah, some people don't want to have that. You know that taste of meat and a, and the jelly in their mouth at the same time. <laughs> well, it's, I I love things like oxtails. You know the, right, these right. rich cuts of meat mm-hmm. that maybe people don't appreciate as much as they should. And also, I think people get put off by the name. Um, let's talk about the process for, for head cheese for a second, because it's, you know, people, it, it sounds, the name sort of puts people off sometimes for some reason. Well, the way, that, what we make is actually probably more considered a salts. It's, it's uh, we're taking, you know, pork necks and, 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 uh, and curing them. Okay. And then cooking them off, and then we'll use some we'll use some skins, um, maybe some snouts in it if we can get our hands on some. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know you cook those down. Actually, you brine them and then you cook them down. And then you you cut your pieces and you mix a gelatin, 
and the seasoning and a lot of coriander and garlic yeah, in, the, and in the head cheese. Well, and also, I mean, the those cuts, a lot of those cuts bring a lot of the gelatin to the table in of themselves. They do. When you when you cook skins or <laughs> snouts or well, that's actually forms a gelatin. It's all it's a binder. I mean, that's how they make gelatin, really. Correct. They make it from, yeah. you know, yeah. pig skins, skins and bones yeah. and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Um so in those kind of things and the selection of sausages that you guys make, um, what what are the biggest hits when it comes to sausages that the shop makes? I sell a lot of liverwurst. <clears throat> okay, a lot. Of, I make it every week. Um, and th- this is this is not a subtle liverwurst <clears throat> either. I mean, well, there's we make three different kinds of liverwurst. Okay, but you know, we make a fine, a coarse, and then we make a we call our husmaka liverwurst, which is a ring liverwurst. A little bit different seasoning, um, okay. different texture, a little coarser. So, I mean, you got you got the liverwurst. I mean, obviously, there's, I guess, what you'd call the uh, maybe the younger fan favorites. You've got you know some of the classic Germans. Probably, uh, probably our smoked bratwurst is the is the most popular as far as the sausage goes. <clears throat> um, we also sell a lot of the little um, little sticks. Um, Landjäger, very popular. It's hard not. It's hard not to walk out with some of those when you walk in the shop. That's what we go for. Yeah, I mean that 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 Slim Jim thing. I mean, obviously, much ref, more refined product and a lot more crafted. But it's hard not to love cracking into a stick of meat. Yeah, a nice snap. So uh, yeah, it goes great with beer. Well, that snap really is important, and that's one of the one of the reasons why I think people can respect what you guys do is there's this textural thing about, you know, an artisanal sausage like this mm-hmm. that is different than a lot of the mass-produced products. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when you, we, we primarily use a natural casing. So, you know, with the, with the correct process as far as heat and cooling and um, the drying, you know, before, before all that, um, that all has to do with, with how something's going to snap. Because you guys go through a lot of different processes at the shop. Some of the sausages are raw, but others are smoked or par-cooked or whatever as part of the process. Well, how many different processes do you guys do in the shop to make all the products you make? <laughs> well, you're fre- you got your fresh sausage, and then you have your, your, your pre-cooked unsmoked sausages, which generally they're just getting steamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have some of your lighter smoked sausages, like your knockwurst and your, and your hot dogs and things like that, which... <clears throat> or smoked less, mm-hmm. um, a shorter amount of time, different temperature, and uh, and then you know there's a steam at the end, which which cooks the product, um, and then a cold shower. So, and then your heavier smoked so- uh, sausages, which which you're not you're not cooling down um, with a cold shower, which which will give you the different textures on the outside, make them a little bit snappier. Mm. Yeah, because that's I think that's something people forget about is how much goes into each of these. It's not just grinding meat and putting it in a casing. It's all these other things to get the desired end result. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's why you know most people say, "Oh man, it must really be nice only to be open four days a week." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, you know, we take Sunday off and we pray real hard, and then the <laughs> angels come in on Monday and Tuesday and make all the sausage." <laughs> <laughs> and and then, then we open up on Wednesday, so yeah, of course. But no, um, we're usually good for probably anywhere from eight to eight to twelve hours on on most given Mondays and Tuesdays as well. So, right, because I mean, prepping prepping for the week, and it's not just what you 
you know, just what you make for the shop, you also deal with a lot of local restaurants as well. Well, the, with the with the restaurants, for the most part, we do that production later in the week. Okay. Um, our USDA productions are, are is on Thursday and Friday right now. So let's let's talk about that for a second. So you're all you're a USDA approved mm-hmm. butcher shop, and right. what what does that entail um, between the things you have to do to maintain your USDA certification, and what does that allow you to do that other places can't do? Well, it, it, it's it's a lot of paperwork. Number one, and it's primarily it's primarily record keeping, you know, you know, being able to show that, you know, everything was done, you know, cooked to the proper temperature, cooled to the proper temperature in the proper amount of time. Um, this, this enables us to to sell to restaurants and and that they can resell. So, yeah, and it's not it's you know things they can cook or maybe different than some things that you have to pre cook and have ready for them. Well, the majority of the items that we do sell. Um, USDA are a fully cooked item, right? <clears throat> so it's a matter of warming up, um, and you know, bringing it up to a an eatable temperature. So sure, um, so that and it's that whole mm. process. One, I I I, want, I appreciate the documentation part. Uh, that's a big part of what I do in my my day to day job. Um, everything's documented. If it's not documented, it doesn't exist. No, this this. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you have to be able to assure, you know, they we are assuring the public that you know these things are wholesome and uh, wholesome to eat. Yeah. You know, once they leave our facility. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to talk about a couple <coughs> Rochester specific <coughs> things. So, Rochester is one of a couple cities that are basically every city has a hot dog culture. Which I'm sure you've seen, you know, Buffalo's a Salem's town. Mm. Rochester is a Z word. Yeah, yeah, the the, the dreaded Z word (laughs) town. But what I want to talk about was those kind of sausages. So those kind of sausages have German roots, and you guys, I know you guys make at least one of those kind of styles in the shop. We make all of those. So what are so our what people know Rochester for is red red hots and white hots is what we call them, but. In the classic German style, what are those sausages? And the white hot is, what a, goes is, into a, those? is a vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, we we make it's it's an all pork sausage, <clears throat> um, mild mild and mild in flavor. We we tend to put uh, we make it more of a buckwurst style, which it has the parsley and scallions. Okay, um, so, so it it's a, a little bit more of a, a little different flavor twist, a little fresher. Yep, yep. Well, it's, it's interesting because that those those subtle differences can make all I mean all the difference in the flavor. You know, adding um, you know fresh herbs like that mm-hmm. is a completely different profile than uh, the warm spices that we get in a generic Weisswurst here in town. Right. I mean, there, you know, there's I I I'll eat a hot dog just about anywhere I go, whether you know not being mine. I always like to to know where I stand in you know the flavor profile, <laughs> and, and everybody has their own. You know, different spice, and you know somebody somebody's gonna like that that flavor. Sure. I mean, flavor is like number one when when it comes to sausage, and then then it kind of goes down the down the hill toward to you know, um, quality. Right. You know, we tend to the meats that we use, um, just it's, it's the highest quality we can get, and we ne- we don't we don't use any fillers, we don't use any milk products. Um, so the the majority of our sausage is gluten free, um, you know we use 
we use in the in the smoke sausages. There's some nitrites, but we don't use any nitrates. You know, right. so our our product doesn't have the shelf life of some of these. You know, these bigger brands. Absolutely. But that's uh, that's just keeping a, a closer eye on on your on your dates. That's all. Yeah. One. It's also, you know, I think that's something that people is people need to think about. It's not as much necessary seasonality because you're you don't do a ton of seasonal items i would imagine no not no pretty consistent yeah we, we have a pretty much our consistent base we throw you know, you know st patrick's day you know we're throwing some bangers out there uh right right know, um easter is a lot of you know, kielbasa polish kielbasa fresh smoked the bockwurst is actually a very big one for easter nice um but yeah i think that that element <clears throat> of freshness that you know you're getting for somewhere like that. You know the turnover is going around pretty quick, and you know that you guys are selling fresh product to them. Yeah, we do our best to to run down to as little as possible every week, and you know we're making pretty much everything in our case on a, on a weekly basis. It's hard hard to te- hard to figure out sometimes <laughs> how much they're going to buy this week, but well, of course, yeah, you can only do so much predicting you because take, yeah, there's you take your best guess and yeah. It's got to be. It's always a little bit of a. So you do, we do run out of some things here and there, but. Uh, but you know, I, I, there's nothing I like more to a point than going into a place and hearing that, hey, you know, it's the end of the week, we're sold out of that. You got to get this other good stuff. Call and order it. <laughs> I like that. That's what we tell everyone. So you people can, if they have special orders, oh, they absolutely. want something specific. Yeah, we, we encourage them. You know, yeah. If, if you're going to come in on a Saturday after, you know, Saturday noontime for lunch, and you know, you wanted, you know. 10 pounds of Polish sausage, you know, we really appreciate that call because probably we won't have that much at that point of the day. And we'd like to be able to, you know, take care of everyone. So Yeah, right at the end of the week, having yeah, an yeah, extra yeah. 10 pounds yeah. sitting around. Yeah, I mean, it's, or or you get that person that comes in and, and buys the last 10 pounds you have on on Thursday right. or Friday, and then you're out for it. So, yeah, we encourage uh, we. Courage orders, especially on you know with with larger orders, larger quantities. Yeah, let's let's talk about flavor for a second. <clears throat> so you mentioned that you know the recipes. There's all these different classic styles. When you're developing your recipe for how you make these things, how much of it comes from tradition? How much of it was handed down to you, and how much of it is continual development and improving and making things the way you like them? Well. Um, the the general base recipes on 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 your your traditional German sausages, um, I I had the recipes um, from the previous owner. We have made we have made a pretty good number of modifications as far as you know maybe you know we really backed off the salt as low as we could you know with everybody you know being so conscious about their sodium intake and uh, you know we've we've come up with with a pretty good number of 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 new recipes uh, you know with the uh, um the Genesee brew house um they're they're one of our one of our best customers and and we do seasonal sausages for them um when they br- when they break out a, a different beer like right now they're into a, a bock beer that is on their special so i i come up with come up with a few recipes that we in, that we infuse with their beer so you and, work uh, over with um with the brew house so i imagine dean jones is involved and Dean Jones, yeah, we 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 actually just did a pairing with the Genesee Brewhouse at, at the shop um, a few weeks back. Yeah, I had him on a had him on a couple months ago. What a, what a he's nice a great guy. guy! Yeah, he's a great guy. And he won a character. He's a character and a half. But one of those guys when you you talk to him, you hear all these great things about somebody, 
and you talk to him, you're like, oh, I absolutely see why everybody says all these things about this guy. guy. Super engaged, and it's hard not to walk away being excited about doing something like a, I mean, not that sausage and beer pairings are new or unique, but thinking about doing that with Genesee must be actually kind of nice. Well, you know, there are two places that have been around the city for a long time, so... It was a it was a pretty good it was a pretty good marriage I thought. Yeah. So what was out of that pairing? What was the one that did you get a chance to go taste the pairings? Oh, I. Yeah. If yeah. you if you I have mean, to. I mean, I yeah, I don't eat that much of that stuff anymore. <laughs> you know? It's like working in an ice cream shop. Eventually, you don't eat so much ice cream. But yeah, of course. I eat my fair share of sausage, but yeah. So pairings end up turning out really nice, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah. My my son in law, he's he's basically he puts the menus together and um we 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 pair we Dean will come in and, and as he did as he did the last time and with a whole pouch full of beer and we'll sit around <laughs> and drink beer and say, Hmm, what would go good with that? So Yeah. I mean, it's I, I always find the pairing process fascinating. I'm I'm not great at it. But it's something that it takes time. It takes that effort to really do it. It right. does. You know, we've gotten better at it. I think, you know, with our first few, it was kind of, well, I guess that goes with it. But then you start to, you know, I mean, the main thing is, is going with your milder foods, with your milder beers and progressively going towards the more robust ones. So Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's so, yeah, you still have a lot of traditional, traditional recipes and then modifications. Mm-hmm. Um I think actually I want to go back just because we we talked about the the Weisswurst side. Now our Rochester Red Hot. What what is that based on? Is that more of just a classic hot dog <clears throat> recipe or? As far as German goes, you know, our closest thing would be the Knockwurst. Okay. So I mean, a Knockwurst is really generally just a big fat hot dog. Right. Yeah, and it's, um, we, we we don't use. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure Zwiglitz uses beef in their in their Red Hot. Sure. I iced mine is still all pork. Yeah. I mean, it changes your textures, t- changes okay. everything about what's going on the, in there. The Germans really like their pork, though. They, yeah, it really they seems so many that way. things with the beef, so. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's weird. You know, we've become accustomed as a American culture to all beef products and a lot of things. Right. I, I, I very rarely tend to go that way. I definitely prefer that classic style. If I'm going to eat beef, I'm going to eat a steak or a hamburger. I'm not going to go right. towards most of the sausage things. You know, I'd, I'd like a nice beef hot dog, but, um, you know, it's, it's amazing how much different using, even just using the same seasoning <clears throat> just by using beef in, instead of pork. Right. The, the, the flavor is just, it's, it's, it's like a totally different, um, it's like you use totally different seasoning, but yeah. it's just that meat really makes that difference. It's almost like it's a completely <clears throat> different animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I feel bad that I even thought about no, saying that. Okay. Not only that's actually okay. saying it, kind of had it coming. To me. <laughs> um, uh, before we take our break, uh, I do want to talk about. So it's not just the deli counter. The lunch has, when it comes to German food here in Rochester. Um, it's it's the game in town for classic German food right here in town um, with, you know, the prepared things, um, prepared, oh, wow, like, uh, you know, what is it, Rouladen's on the menu, R- Rouladen, red, uh, red cabbage, and all these kind of things. What? Let's talk about the menu for a second. So for people that aren't familiar with German food, um, talk about a few of the classic dishes that are on there. Well, I mean, we have the the classic sausage platter. Um, <clears throat> you pick two sausages and two sides. 
you know, generally the sides are consisting of uh, potato salad, red sweet and sour red cabbage, um, sauerkraut, and spätzle or noodles. Bread mm-hmm. dump, bread dumplings is a, is another one that we've added in the last few years. Um, as far as the classics, you know, the Rouladen is probably the most um, known to people. Although a lot of people will say, "Really, what is that?" and you know, you kind of give them it's a, it's like a German brujol. You tell yeah, them, exactly. Right? So and then they go, oh, okay. You know, um, most people know brujol, so, but ours is ours is meat with meat stuffed back inside of it. So, oh, you know, the old meat the, on meat, yeah, the meat on meat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, and then things like uh, you guys do uh, schnitzel and we do um, sh- sauerbraten, sauerbraten schnitzel, um, a goulash. We do it like a Hungarian goulash. Um, we do a curry versed, yeah, which, which is like it, a Berliner Berlin style mm-hmm. with a red curry sauce. Yeah, and it's there. It's it's the kind of food um, is one of my favorite foods. Not that I'm going to admit coming into the shop sick, but um, it's one of my favorite comfort foods. If I'm going back towards that kind of style food, it's that stick to your ribs, perfect on a mm-hmm. cold day, cold mm-hmm. rainy day food. It's hard to beat. Yeah, that's when you want to just. Put a put a sampler down in front of you, and that's when you're just going to get a whole a whole sampling of just about everything on the menu. Mm. And then, then I think the big part for me is that acid balance, though, and that's something that um, that German food tends to do well. Is yeah, there's a lot of heaviness, but there tends to be that acid balance, whether it's with sauerkraut, whether it's with you know a, a stewed cabbage right, or right. anything else. I think that acid balance is huge to counteract that kind of food. Yeah, I, we we if you saw how much sauerkraut, people always ask me, oh, oh, do you make your own sauerkraut? Well, yeah, we do. I mean, we bring in uh, a base sauerkraut and and redo it, and they're like, oh, they do. I says, well, if I if I was gonna make all the sauerkraut that I go through, you know, on a yearly basis, I'd have to have a building as big as what I have, full of crocs, you right? Know, fermenting. So it's it's the only thing you'd have yeah, in that space yeah, because yeah. when people are going through that much, it it takes a long time to make sauerkraut does, from scratch. Um, although I'm sure it could be, it's delightful when you have the ability and space, but sure. you know, you can only do so many things. It takes there. a long time to cut all that cabbage too. That too. <laughs> all right, so we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with a second half of our talk with um, Barry Fisher from Swan Market. Back in a second. Before we get back to this week's episode, I'd like to take a second to talk to you about Frankly. That's P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. Frankly is the best way to find out how your favorite local restaurants source their products and also how to find your favorite specialty goods. You can check out restaurants like Joby and Coffee, Marty's Meats, search for them on Frankly and find out where they source their goods from. Or you can check out your favorite specialty product like Guglielmo Sauce, Search for them on Frankly and find out all the locations you can buy their sauce all over. That's Frankly, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. And we're back with the second part of my discussion with Barry Fisher from Swan Market. And again, where where is Swan Market so people can go check it out? It's uh, 231 Parcells Ave. Yep, not that far off of Culver, so definitely stop in. Um, I think you said Wednesday through Saturday for lunch. Wednesday through Saturday, yep. Perfect. And one of the reasons I bring that up again is when you're working full time, when you, when you're, you know, work, you work nine to five every day and 
Saturdays are a very busy day for you guys at the shop. You have a ton of people coming in. Six to five. (laughs) Yeah, six six to five on Saturdays? No, no, not not Saturday, but um, most of the other days where I'm usually, well, I usually get in around 6.30. Yep. And and we close up at five. That's a long day. It is. It is. So, you know, Saturdays for you guys are very busy. You know, a lot of families are coming in, a big lunch crowd, and a lot of people grabbing food for the weekend. And some people either don't want to deal with the crowd sometimes and want to grab Swan Market products in other places. Um, And the nice thing, you guys work with a lot of local businesses. You already mentioned the Genesee Brew House. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually interviewed uh, Derek DePorter from uh, Unter Beer Garden. I know he's he's working with you guys Mm -hmm. on a lot of his his sausages. We're we're supplying all of his his sausages. Which which is fantastic. Um, what are some of the other places you guys work with around town that people can go check out and, you know, see where, where, where can you get Swan Market products that aren't necessarily just at the shop? Um, Roarbox, actually. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, Roarbox is, they were one of our first customers, I believe. Um, uh, the Buffalo Road Store uh, mm-hmm. shop does does more than the Railroad Street, but we've just recently started selling some things to Railroad Street also. That's great. So. Yeah, I, I did a tour <coughs> of the uh, Railroad Street facility this last weekend. That's a beautiful place. It's really fantastic. Right. I mean, that, that space, they've jammed so much production in a relatively small space right. back there on Railroad Street. Um, that, that whole stretch right there is just fantastic. And to have Roarback there as an anchor is you know, kind of invaluable. They kick that whole area off, really. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great business. John does a great job. Yeah, and that um, their Buffalo Road location has, you know, some of that classic German-style food as well. They and do. They do. Carrying that sausage out there that, can only help. That 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 place is just always, a, always crazy. Yeah. So. Well, and I think because you guys also, you bring in um, – you bring in at your shop, you get – at least last time I knew, you, uh, Flower City made some rye bread for you guys. They do. Yep. Yeah, Keith yep. over at Flower City yep. Bread, one yep. of one of my favorite people in town. Yep. Oh, he makes great bread. I mean that, and to have something like but, that. But we also we also um, he also uses our bacon and sausage and some hams on a lot of his breakfast sandwiches. So. Which again, that that may be the best. It's, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's the best breakfast sandwich in town. <laughs> but it's that attention to detail. It's those right. little things. It's using, um, you know, well made sausage or bacon product and it's not quality quantity over quality this is there's a lot of dense flavors in these mm-hmm. and it really tastes like the meat the, um, i'm imagining bacon's one of your most popular products yeah we probably we probably go through a probably 200 pounds plus a week i would say in bacon <sighs> wow so. and a lot of that's through the shoppers that a lot of it go through your restaurant uh, partners um, no, not so much in the restaurant. Uh, yeah, that's mostly the shop. Yep, that's great. Yep. And uh, any anything anything different about your process? That's we do, well, our our bacon is is dry cured. Okay, so we're not we don't brine it, we don't pump it. Um, <clears throat> it gets it gets salted down and and it sets for you know usually at least probably seven to ten days, and then before it's smoked. Yeah, and then we give it a hot smoke. So um, basically, when our <clears throat> when our bacon when you slice our bacon, you can eat it. It's like a ham. Interesting. So you don't tend to you don't tend to uh, have to cook it as long. You don't you don't have as much shrinkage on it. And again, kind of changes the texture completely, it doesn't does. it? It does. Yeah, that's not that doesn't have that. It's a different kind of chew, right? Right. You know, versus your commercial bacon's that 
they kind of get super brittle. This is always mm-hmm. going to have that meatiness to yep, it. Exactly. Oh man, <laughs> I, I've been eating less meat recently, and now that we're talking, I just, I really just want to sink into something <laughs> real bad. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's like I said, it's it, it's great to see that places around town are. Um, are sourcing from somewhere that one I think I, one I respect, and that they're able to bring in a quality product that's not just a commercial, not just a commercial equivalent. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's the whole thing. As far as you know, if you have a place that wants to wants to offer a quality item, and they're not a you know they're not afraid to pay for it. I mean, my sausage is not you know I can't compete with Oswegles or Assalins as far as price point goes. You know, I just don't have the buying power and and whatnot, but. Uh, um, it's it's great and refreshing when when you have people that don't mind and and people generally don't mind paying a little bit more for an item like that. Yeah, in in a place. So so let's so one of the the place I think I talked to you most recently, other than you know communicating online to arrange this whole thing was, um, you guys have a portable rig that you bring out to different. Uh, is that just festivals, uh, like a tent or something like that? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty portable. It's basically a pop up and you know a pop up tent, and uh, you know we bring our grills, our our warmers, whatever we need, depending on depending on the event. Yeah. So how did how did that part of the business get started? I'm assuming that was something you guys started well, when you came on. It was you know all in line with you know when when I first bought the business, um, it was primarily just the retail end of it. Right. And the the income from that wasn't enough to support, you know, a couple mortgages and, and four kids. And, and so <laughs> of course you know, we had to expand all that we could. And that's kind of when we brought the lunches in and, uh, and then started to push it, you know, as much catering as we could do. Yeah. And I find that it seems to be one of those things that, um, a lot of people are doing nowadays. I mean, the catering makes for, uh, helps balance things out a little bit. It certainly does. I mean, you know, catering, you know, you have, you have a slow week, but you have a nice catering job. And it, and it makes the week okay. Yeah. So, um, well, let's let's talk about that for a second. So, you when you came on, you bought the business in when? When did you guys buy the business? Around two thousand. Two thousand. So, what was what was your background before you bought the business? What what were you doing? I was a, I was a meat manager at Wegmans. Okay. So I've been working for Wegmans for about seventeen years. Um, so yeah, the, the meat. You know, I knew the meat business. I didn't really know the sausage business. So yeah, because you know. it's it was obviously you know focused on cuts more than anything else at a Wegman's. Absolutely yes, but yeah. you know, the majority of what we make sausage out of is is you know pork shoulder. That's probably our biggest our highest percentage. So you know, yes, I can cut up a pork butt, but you know, what do we what do we do with it after that? So right. So yeah, so the background working at Wegmans was that your was that your first job? Did you were you always in food service or? Um, yeah, out of college, it wasn't my first. I had a couple little little jobs at a couple little butcher shops, um, which are mostly no longer around. Right. Um, finally, got into Wegmans and said, "Okay, this could be a career." And um, I kind of, I kind of. Um, <laughs> I, I spoke my mind a little bit too much sometimes. 
when they when they ask me what I thought about something, yeah. I, I'd give them a direct answer and what I really thought about it. And you know, what? it's it's one of the damnedest things when people actually ask for your opinion and you tell them. It's just not what they want to hear. No, very rarely. So. I know. And actually, I really, I actually respect people a lot who, when they're asked an opinion, like they actually want feedback. Right. I'm happy right. to give people feedback, and I want to be constructive, but. I've got opinions, man. Right, right. <laughs> I've well, got opinions. That's that's you know that's where it's good to be in business for yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so it worked out for me. I mean, you know, it was uh, it was a certainly a, a scary move. You know, having a family like I had and coming into a business that I really didn't know what was going to happen with. Right. Um, but you know, when you when you work hard at something, and you, and you love it, um, yeah, it all came to work out. Well, and it's also a dedication to that quality part of it as well. Absolutely. And it, it's, you can't, it's, you hear it all the time. You, you have, you have to love, love that part of the thing, but you also have to care about the little things. You have to care about improvement. You have to care about that part. It's not just loving the business. You have to, you have to actually focus on the things. Well, you have to invest back into it. I mean, you certainly can't just bleed a business, but um, yeah, you have to, and you have to, you know, always be trying to grow and, and change a little bit, you know, with the time. So and I think that we did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. So working in, you know, owning your own business over the last 18 years, you talked about, you know, growing and changing. What are the things you've seen change from what people want from when you started <coughs> to what's going on now? And how how have you seen the whole food business change here in Rochester? Hmm. Good question. Uh, you know, when I first started, it, like I said, it might, the majority of my customer base was was older clientele. Right, right. So, you know, we we would always kind of you know brainstorm a little bit on you know what do we need to do to get a younger crowd in here. Um, you know, the lunches came in. You know, we we actually now we started off I think with two draft lines. We now have six. You know, and I mean, one of the one of the cooler things that I've seen in the last few years was Swan Market getting on a yeah. list. Of one of the best bars in America yeah. on from Esquire. Yeah, that was. Well, how, what 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 did that feel like when that came out? Because that's, I mean, what a well, unique place to be on that list. It's kind of a funny story because we we had we had gotten notified um, via I think an email saying that uh, could we send them some pictures because we were we were voted one of the top bars in the country, and you know my wife Liz she's she's told me this and he said, I said well send him a picture he goes she says I'm not sending them a picture this, a, this seems like some kind of a scam she's we're not a bar so um, so we never sent a picture so you know lo, lo and behold lo and behold in, in I think it was was it June or July that, that the article came out I got a call from um, somebody at the DNC you know wanting to know how I felt about being one of the top bars in the country. And I just kind of started laughing at her. And she's like, well, why are you laughing? I said, well, I'm kind of not a bar, you know. But, um, you know, I suppose if you if you serve you serve an alcoholic beverage, you know, you can be considered a bar. So, yeah, um, yeah we we rode that horse um, for quite a, quite a few weeks. Um, still, still waiting to find out actually how it came to be. I, I mean, I know that, you know, our, our friends from Good Luck, kind of sent this guy over because he was asking them where's a good place to go have lunch and uh you know i have in my own head 
what might have happened to make him think and do what he did. Oh, I want to. I want to. You know, I want to hear the story that's in your head. What What do well, you think happened? I think that he came on a Friday when we had our live music. Yep. And he got stuck in the middle of a table with a bunch of rowdies, <laughs> and he got a, and he got a nice big liter of cold beer, and he had a nice Jaeger schnitzel in front of him, and just just the the company that he had. And but uh, yeah, I'm waiting. To, I, I think I'm gonna finally get to, to meet him face to face here um in may when he comes down for the re- the cocktail revival and i just want to oh, ask great. him i want to ask him exactly when he was there because we have no idea we didn't know who he was so he certainly didn't you know get any sugar blown up anywhere because um, <laughs> we didn't know who he was so he got treated like anybody else would have yeah. got treated so, so well that that's was, that's uh, one that's a great thing <clears throat> it, it's great when somebody comes in who's who has an opinion about things and you treat them just the same as anybody else. And that's the best way for somebody to see the, what they're doing. Right, right. Like, I don't, I don't want somebody to know that I'm coming and treat me different. I want to I get the experience that everybody else is getting right. and see, see that you guys are doing things well. And that's obviously um, what yeah, happened. If you want special treatment, you probably ought not come because <laughs> everybody's, everybody's an equal. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the beer for a second because, I mean, You've got you've got the German food, and you've got German beer mostly, right? Yeah, th- um, four out of the six taps are, are generally German. Um, we do keep we we keep a couple local for the craft brewers around. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, one just for Jenny. Yeah, just because we have such a good relationship with them. There's nothing wrong with that. Every once in a while, though, if I run low on you know if I run out of that and I have a maybe a Naked Dove or a Roar Box or a Rock Brewing or mm-hmm. a, you know whoever. Um, you know, we kind of try to change it up with all those guys, you know, as often as we can. Nice to keep that rotation going, especially, yeah, I mean, yeah. since our, our quality as a brewing town has gone, just gone crazy. Oh, yeah, they're in the making last some great beer out there. They really are. Quality and quantity. Yep. Um, what are the kind of places you, I mean, you end up going to here in town? If you get a chance, I'm not sure you get a chance to. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, well, we... As far as the breweries, yeah, you know, we, we love Roarbox, uh, Rock Brewing. Um, yeah, they're killing it right now. They're, they're yeah, Genesee. We were just there on Easter for lunch. Oh, that's <laughs> <So>. great. <laughs> yeah, Naked Dove. Uh, we've done some events with them. Knuckleheads um, over oh, at Webster. Great guys. Love those guys. Yep. Man, they're they're characters. There's no doubt. They about are. They that. come in all the time, and and uh, you know, so we enjoy going over there for a for a Taco Tuesday or a. We we love their Friday night uh, acoustic thing that they get going on over there so. it's such a it's you know it, there's this there's this feel when you go in there and again nothing against the other places in town it is maybe the most pure neighborhood um brewery bar oh, in I rochester yep. it's so neighborhood uh but it doesn't feel some of the places can feel a bit towny you right, know it's, right, it's a bit right. more boisterous it's kind of the perfect neighborhood spot where it's so comfortable to go yeah. hang out there. And it's such a family affair too. It doesn't hurt that the beer is good. It doesn't hurt a bit. <laughs> it doesn't hurt a bit. Um, but I, I just love that feel. Yep. Um, that family feel. Um, you, do you, do you still have uh, any of the, any of the kids working at the business still, or are they moving? Um, well, my son-in-law is working. <laughs> he works in the business. Um, awesome. My my son was, and I'm not sure what his plans are. He he's uh, he's been he's in Israel right now. Okay, he's he's, uh, he's playing lacrosse in the World Championships this summer. 
But uh, well, isn't that cool? Yeah, really cool. So, so I'm not sure he hasn't. He just kind of he graduated from Binghamton a couple of years ago, and you know he's worked through the summers and and he's very good at it. And I'm hoping that he wants to you know come aboard, but it has to be his decision. Yeah. You know, he has to he has to go home from work happy every day. So you gotta you know if you love it, great. If you don't, then 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 move on. I'll find somebody that does love it. Yeah. See, I. I you know, I, it's something I found challenging. I grew up in a family business, um, you know, back in Buffalo. That's I grew up in a family business, and I, I knew it wasn't for me. Right. Um, although that that spirit of doing your own thing, it's hard to get out of you once it's in you. You know that right. you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. Uh, that kind that part of it it doesn't really leave you once you've got that once you've got that part of it. Well, you know that's the thing. I mean, you have to. You have to want to do it. You can't. You can't take on something like that because it's there and because it's easy. Yeah. You know. You have to find what you. You have to find what you love. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it. It really is, and I'm. I know. I'm. I'm very thankful that. Um. You know. I found something that I cared about, and it seems like you know. What was it? Something that you cared about right away doing the meat thing, or was it something you grew to love as you start kept on working in it? You know, I <clears throat> I grew up on a farm, and we used to, you know, my brothers and I would would buy calves and raise them, sell them. That's how I bought my first car. Really? You know? So we've I've been doing this, you know, since I was quite young. Was it a family? We had a family little cattle? we had a little farm. Just okay. to, just did, we didn't we didn't make a living off the farm, but we f- we filled our freezer. We used to you know sell a few things here. We did the hay. We did you know so right. You know we would yeah we we slaughtered our own and and, and processed them and. So yeah, it's kind of it was in my blood. I think my my uh, my my grandfather on my father's side was a butcher, so so it was it was there all along. So it was there. Yeah, it's Just interesting. Had to come back out it, that that small family farm that like that doesn't exist as much as it used to. You know, doing that almost it's not subsistence, right. but it's that support for the family kind of thing. Oh yeah, both my parents. You know, they had regular jobs, but you know, we we had pigs, we had cows, we had horses. You know. We did our, we put our own hay in. So yeah, it was like, we fed ourselves with it. Big garden. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that, that, that kind of thing just doesn't, it doesn't exist as much anymore, which is kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. It's still out there. You, there, there are places. Yeah. There, there's places with one I, I respect a lot that are, you know, they're on the smaller side. Some of the places I buy a lot of my produce from, mm-hmm. like uh, Phil Munson from Fisher Hill Farm. Right. Um, you know, guys like that, that are, you know, it's, they're, they're doing great work. You know, he's doing chickens and poultry and right, stuff right. like that. But, you know, it's, you know, the the smaller farms, I know they, they all kind of, it's a tough road right now. Oh, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough business. It's, it's, an, it's, it's a, you know, seven days a week, you know, 250, it's every day. It never stops. Day. No, you have to, you know, the cows don't take a break. No, <laughs> they have to eat every day. Yeah, it turns out. And kids have to eat every day and animals have to eat every day. Mm-hmm. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I guess what I want to do is wrap up wrap up our conversation for today about where you know where where you want to go in the future. You know, you've got you've done a lot of development already. You're serving what what a lot of people would consider a traditional product. Where where do you see this going in the next few years? Do you do you have do you have an idea where you're going? Do you do you have do you have thoughts yeah, about? Yeah, I, I have a I have a I have a good idea where I want to go. Um, That's good. You know, we're we're slowly working on it. You know, we we opened up our the wholesale plant. You know, a little over a year ago, 
um, that was my focus as far as, you know, how I could grow my business more, you know, right now I'm kind of, kind of outgrew ourselves in, in the shop that I'm in now, as far as production um, capabilities, you know, I had bought, I actually bought another building, um, right on parcels where I have my production facility. And so, um, that opened up a lot of doors for us. Um, as far as, as far as to really make a big push on our wholesale, that's, that's my vision yeah. as far as where I want to go. Um, I've always, I've always worked the, 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 the every day of a week retail kind of a job. And I always like said, it would really be nice someday to have like Saturday and Sunday off. <laughs> so, Sounds kind of you nice, know, something, it? you know, might have to wait till I retire. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but you know, there's, 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 there's more available time t- off than there used to be. Yeah. Um, but it's also a matter of, you know, to, to undertake and really dive into the wholesale part is you have to, you know, be ready to produce what you have to produce in a timely manner and you have to have people in place. So that's kind of a whole process as far as getting people in place and the right people and, and the, and the training and, and whatnot. So yeah, that training, that training part is so important when you're not there all the time. Exactly. You have to, yeah, it has to always be the same. So that's great. I'm glad that's that's kind of where we're going. You know, hopefully, you know, eventually, you know, I have to work on some labeling, but I'd love to get into some of the smaller mom and pop stores, you know, with some um, retail packaging. Um, That's certainly in the things we we have to do a little package design and and things of that nature. So that's great. Well, one, I'm really happy that it's continuing. I'm really happy you guys are growing and changing. Um, And for those that haven't been there, you definitely need to make the short drive over to Parcells to go check out Swan Market in person. Yeah, we're like 10 minutes from everywhere. Really, yeah. We're very centrally located. So Absolutely. Yeah, if you're in and around the city anywhere, um, definitely make that drive over. Check out some you know, traditional food, some fantastic artisan products, and you know, go support one of Rochester's classic, one of Rochester's classic butcher shops. And even if you don't eat as much meat as you used to, this is the meat you want to eat. Some of the meat you want to eat here in Rochester. Absolutely. So, sir, thanks for coming over. It was a pleasure. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you soon.